good morning. It is around, what, 6.20 on December 17th. 17th, pretty sure, 17th. Um, 30 degrees out. So, we've seen worse. I've missed the last couple of days on morning walks. I apologize for that. I had a half reason yesterday because the, uh, whoa. It's a mail truck out here. It's a mail truck out here at six in the morning. Man, I'm not surprised that they work at six in the morning. I'm just surprised that they deliver at six in the morning. Anyway, um, yeah, yesterday was regrettable, but not altogether unpreventable. I had a doctor's appointment at 7.30, and that just kind of played Mary Hall with my entire schedule. Oh well. I didn't get my thousand words yesterday, and that kind of sucks. Didn't get my walk yesterday. And that sucks too. But there's been more than a month of doing the morning walks and the thousand words. I'm at 37.5 right now, 37,500 words. So, no bad thing. So, I don't mind every now and then when we have to take time off. Not happy about it, obviously, but there you go. Uh, yeah, so I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. Before that, though, it was really kind of odd. Um, I uh, took the Google Glass out, and I was doing my morning walk, and uh, everything seemed to be going fine. Then I realized that the uh, timer, the counting timer that tells me how long it's been recording, that continued to move as though it was still con uh, as though it was still recording, but I was getting no video. I mean, like right now, when I turn my head, I can see what the camera sees, but. Uh, but when I was walking the other day, I saw, I saw a single static image from, uh, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes before. So I thought, well, that's not good. So I shut it down, turned it back on again, and it just simply wouldn't turn back on. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Google Glass suffers from a bit of an Apple problem because unlike the phones, you can't take the battery out. Or if you can, it's hidden in some arcane, you know, I'm not gonna take it apart just to find that. So 
it was really hot as well. So I shut it down and I left it shut down, took it back home and I plugged it into the computer and it would not boot up. It was still hot. So I uh, let it sit, not even on power. Just let it sit, let it calm down, let it cool off. And then after about an hour, plugged it back in, let it start charging, and it acted like everything was fine. But you know how I said, I said once that even if it loses power and shuts down, it still stores the video files, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it didn't do that then. It just let the counter continue to count and corrupted the video file. So, so that was odd. So I'll admit I'm a little bit nervous that it's going to happen again. Obviously, I hope it won't. I told Google Glass about it as, you know, trying to give them as much feedback as possible on possible problems. And they said, if you require further help, please call us at blah, blah, blah. But given the uh, current situation with Google Glass, which is to say thousands of them out there with new users, because we're all new users, basically, they've got a bit more of a uh, wait time than normal. So whatever. I mean, the fact that they got back to me saying, sorry to hear about it, told me this is not an issue that they're really worried about right now. And if they're not worried, then I'm not worried. As long as it doesn't happen again. It happens again. Then we start talking about what are you going to do to fix it, and then I might have to send it back, and that's going to suck. Because I really do like it, if that hasn't come across. I'll admit I've definitely reached the point where I'm sick of people coming up to me and asking about it. But I always see it as this is part of sort of the explorer's duty. It's my job to tell people about it, let them know how I use it, how it works. I don't mean it's my job like I get paid, because I definitely don't. I meant it's my job like It's not that I owe it to Google, it's that I owe it to all those people. And that sounds even worse. I don't owe anything to anyone. But, uh, it's just one of those good citizen things. Ripley, it's okay. Morning.
as you can guess, we were walking with Miss Ripley, who cannot abide to have anyone else walking behind us. So we had to stop and let that man go by. Anyway. So yeah, it's one of those things where I got this tool, this thing that I think could make the world a better place. And so for that, I feel like I have a certain responsibility. <sighs> or that could just be the glass hole thing at work. Overinflating my personal status through my tech things. I don't know, it's just one of those things where I feel like if we don't say something about it, if we don't tell people about it, then we're going to hear a whole lot of woman gets a ticket for wearing Google Glass. Man gets thrown out of a restaurant for wearing Google Glass. You know what you don't hear? Surgeon uses Google Glass to do research while in the middle of surgery. That's happening. He stored notes, pictures, all of that on Google Glass and then referred to them in surgery. He was using it as a tool. You don't hear about that. You don't hear about the surveillance questions or how putting it in the hands of regular people might actually protect regular people. It's not going to be happening right now, but as soon as it gets down to about $300, you're going to have people at protests wearing these. You have videos of, of those protesters so that when they claim that they've been mistreated by the police, Every single one of them will have the kind of video that we had for the pepper spraying guy at the university sit-in. The guy who claims he's going through emotional anguish because it sucks so hard being a villain. Anyway. So yeah, I believe that surveillance is becoming ubiquitous. It is in the hands of people who do not care about about people. It's currently in the hands of corporations at every gas station they have a camera it's of course in the hands of government with British putting up CCTV cameras all over the place one place it's not is with average people Which is where I think it should have started. 
Anyway. For a guy who rarely gets involved, I sure do, sure do talk about politics a lot. <sighs> Which makes me a coward. Anyway. Um, what else? So... So yeah, the uh, Google Glass crapped out on me the other day at about the 20 or 30 minute mark, but it doesn't matter because the file was corrupted, which really kind of sucks because I thought I had some good stuff in there. I mean, I thought I was, I was in the middle of talking about something really cool. But then again, you always think that when you lose something. If you lose a file with your work on it, that was always the best writing you'd ever done. Oh, it was lyrical, it was beautiful, it was amazing. And it can remain so because it can never be brought back. So in the same way, that was the best episode ever. I basically cured cancer in that, uh, in that morning walk and then I forgot about it and now no one will ever know. It's very nice for 30 degrees. Had like 50% precipitation. I don't see any of it. And it's just not all that cold. We're gonna let these nice people go. And then hustle, hustle, hustle. Come on, puppy. Crosswalk like you mean it. All right. There we go. Okay. Some of us don't believe in turn signals. So we had a couple days ago, some good stuff there. Had a pretty full weekend. The, uh, the EP isn't going to be with us for Christmas. 23rd through the 26th. She's going to be with Allie's ex. So we moved up Christmas. We had Christmas with our friends, the Cruzans. Because they, they had something else that was going to uh, mess with their plans on the 25th. So, So we all had that day open, so we made that our new Christmas. Allie was talking the other day, she said it's really kind of cool, kind of odd to be done with Christmas and looking around and seeing everybody else still scrambling for it. Trying to get the best toys and trying to get the best deals and all that. And we're 
looking at it from the outside, which is kind of nice. Anyway, so we had our Christmas and got a lot of cool stuff. Now they got me this absolutely beautiful book on cartooning from a guy who uh, worked for Disney, uh, MGM, Warner Brothers. Well, no, I didn't see Warner Brothers and then out of there. Think about it. Saw Tom and Jerry. Saw Tex Avery which I thought was awesome. I'm a huge Tex Avery fan. I've always seen him as one of the great surrealists. I mean, you can have your Pablo Picasso. Tex Avery would look at a wall and a door and ask why. Why does it work that way? Why doesn't it work this other way? Anyway, if you drop a door onto the floor, is it now an entryway to the basement? Anyway, um, so yeah, got this beautiful book on stretch and squish art. It's one of the things that I always figure if I get to where I have control of my own time, I mean, if I get to where I can... Basically, if I get to be a full-time author, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put one hour every day into playing the guitar. Something that I have a small amount of talent, but no skill. Because I put all my time into other stuff. And I want to put one hour every day into sketching. Something that, once again, I have talent and interest, but very little skill. So... made a deal with Allie where I would only work on one project at a time. Which right now is the writing. But if I could be a full-time writer. I mean, I got up at 5.30 this morning. 5.20. I was supposed to get up at 5, but Allie talked me into taking a nap. Uh, I got up at 5. 25.30, went downstairs and I wrote a thousand words and it was six o'clock. I went upstairs and I woke up the EP. I can write a thousand words in a half hour. If I staggered that out through the day, an eight hour day with half hour breaks in between, I can write 4,000 words a day. 15 days, 60,000 words. Does that work? 15, 
be 15 times 4, 60,000 words, yeah. Which would be one novel per month. A good sized novel. That's 120,000 words. That's about 30,000 more than I actually need. Because I can sell a 90,000 word novel without anybody getting mad at me. And yes, I have had people get mad at me because of the length of my books. Hell, I've had people get mad at me over the typeset. But 90,000 is a good number. And if I could get four hours of writing done every day, I could get a novel every month. And I would very much like to do that. But if I did that, I would have the kind of time where I could do other things, which is even cooler. Because then I could do, I could work on the things that I'd like to. I basically have the kind of retirement time without actually going into retirement. And that would be awesome. I was listening to Bruce Schneier, Bruce Schneier, I always get his name wrong, a uh, crypto computer guy talking yesterday about the NSA and what do they know, what do they don't know, what can they do, and uh, he made a really interesting observation. He said that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, in any technological society, you have to have faith. You simply must have trust. You have faith, not in any one group, but you have faith that different groups in the process the different groups in the process of fighting with each other are going to ultimately work to your best interest. A classic example of that is you have one Republican and one Democrat at every vote. That way he used that as an example to say, that way you know that it's fair. As a libertarian, I said, that way you know they're only screwing us. Because Republicans and Democrats are going to argue carefully about which one of them got the most points. But they have no interest whatsoever in concerning themselves with how many independent votes were cast.
or how many people voted for a third-party candidate. They don't care about that at all. And that gets into the question of trust. Who do you trust? You establish that these two groups don't like each other very much. And because they're fighting with each other, you know you're getting something fair. His argument was, you have to be able to trust the chip makers. You have to be able to trust the people writing the operating system. And the way you do that is by having competing chip makers, competing operating systems. Operating systems that are developed in the open. Elliptic curves that are published before they're used. That kind of thing. Elliptic curves that are developed in the open. So that's a way to protect <coughs> cryptography, which is going to become important to us later on. Anyway, um, so yeah, I thought it was really interesting. He said you have to have trust, which basically means you have to have faith. And he was arguing, if a company is closed, you can't truly have faith in them. Because they say a lot of the closed off companies, the companies that are doing closed source stuff, he said a lot of them were working directly with the NSA and therefore he doesn't trust them. Oh man, I just got the low battery thing. 26 minutes and I got the low battery thing. And I switched off network. I had it charged. Well, hopefully it'll just sit there on low battery for the next 20 minutes. Anyway, thought it was really interesting. Not just for his you have to be able to trust somebody and we have to build up our organizations based on trust first not just for that but for his example because I think it showed the myopia of the trust in the first place he trusts the open source community he trusts the chip makers. Or rather, he believes that having two separate chip makers in competition with each other means that you can trust the joint result. If two of them are fighting with each other and they both agree on something, then you know it's got to be okay. But I'd argue if you think that one group can be compromised, what makes you think that both groups can't be compromised and then make a stronger argument by saying, oh, both of us agree with this? I mean, don't you just say, well, two groups can be compromised as easily as one. And don't get me wrong, I know I'm just creating a contrarian kind of argument, but it doesn't make it invalid. Morning, ducks. 
I mean, basically I'm saying having competing parties at a vote doesn't validate the vote, especially when we're not supposed to have parties. It's a George Washington thing. He warned us that one of the most dangerous things we can do is create political parties. Back then they believed we should vote based on issues. And we shouldn't tie them together into groups where we say everybody who believes this has that label and therefore everybody who has the majority of those things, those beliefs has to have that label and everybody who has that label has all those beliefs. 250 years ago, they knew that was a bad idea. Anyway, 250, 1770, 1870, 1970, that'd be 200, add 30, 40, 243, 243, I don't know, I suck at math. Anyway, around 250, around 250 years ago, and they knew if you let people treat ideas in packets, then you stop paying attention to the ideas. You start paying attention to the packet label. It's like when people say, oh, you're libertarian. You must be against abortion. Well, honestly, I think everybody's kind of against abortion. It's just a question of whether the government should have a right to tell people you can't do that. And because the neo neocons have decided to start using the term libertarian in an attempt to discredit the libertarians, so now they treat all libertarians as though they were neocons, so they were all Bible thumpers, as though they were all Fox News. And I think even the Republicans and the neocons know that there is no greater insult these days than Fox News. Anyway, so, don't want to get mired in politics. I swear to God, I keep trying not to. Bruce Schneer thing. Schneier. It always bothers me that I don't know how to say his name. Because for years, I thought I knew how to say his name, but I only ever saw it written. And then somebody else said it a different way. And he had always thought that was the way it was, because he had always seen it written. And neither one of us really knows. Should scroll back to the beginning of that interview and listen very carefully to how they introduce him. Anyway, so back to the recounting of the days. Uh, day before yesterday, Google Glass crapped out on me. That was Sunday. That was, uh, we didn't get a lot done. We tried to go to the Lego store because everybody was feeling kind of logy and tired. And I had this great idea. We'd go to the Lego store. We would get something to eat, come home, 
and then watch the Doctor Who 50th while we did Legos. We could all just veg out. That was the plan. But we got lost on the way to the Lego store. And we didn't know how to get there because, and I'm not talking about like in the mall kind of Lego store. I'm talking about the really cool warehouse prices kind of place that we go to because it is awesome. And uh, so yeah, I, we were gonna go out there, but I forgot the name for it, so I couldn't look it up on Google. The name, by the way, should I forget later, is Bricks Galore. If I haven't mentioned it before, it is an awesome store for Lego stuff. What they do is they buy their Lego sets wholesale in bulk. Then they go through and they take out the people, the characters. Because it turns out those are like the most expensive parts. I don't know why. I think it's because there's so many generic pieces now for... Lego usage. So, they take out the most expensive parts, which is the people, and then they sell us everything except the people. Which means we get the places, the machines, all of that, and the instructions. We get all of that super cheap. I got a like 1,000 piece Millennium Falcon, and oh my god, that took forever. But uh, I put that together over a single day, and I think that was about $50, which if you pay any attention to Lego prices is a pretty de decent find. $50 for a thousand piece set is pretty impressive. But yeah, I mean, Allie will get Lord of the Rings stuff. She'll get architecture. The EP will get little machines, things that do things and shoot things. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings stuff, doesn't matter to her. Um, I tend toward the Star Wars stuff, just because I find a lot of their ships to be really sleek and cool. I got the, uh, that Bounty Hunter ship. It looks like an X-Wing, but it's only got one set of foils and, and, uh, done in all black and Imperial colors. So, that's pretty cool. Um, I got that and I got the, uh, Millennium Falcon. So I figured if we go out there every three weeks to a month, and we all spend maybe $50 on Legos, then we can get some cool stuff. 
that we can play with. I even did a little auto awesome of putting the entire thing together. Auto awesome images. <coughs> Which, and I know you guys are probably sick of hearing me say it, would be even cooler with glass. Because instead of trying to pick up my phone, remember where I was sitting before so that the pieces are pretty much in the same position, and then clicking the picture so that it so that Google can recognize these are all part of a chain and need to be put together as an animated GIF. Instead of doing all that, I'm just always sitting there with the glasses. And then anytime I want to, click another picture. Click another picture. I still want to get the GDK so I can see how much it can read of our eyes. I know it's got a little proximity detector to tell whether you're wearing the glasses or not, but I want to see if they can track eye motion, if they can tell that you're blinking. If they can do that, it opens up a lot of possibilities. My goal was to create a background app that gets an interrupt every time you blink and then takes a picture. Just because I think that'd be a cool thing to have. Gets into the ubiquitous surveillance thing. You end up with a whole host of useless, blurry pictures filling up the drive. SD card, rather. But, in the end, you get a lot of good pictures too, I believe. All right, replace it. No, replace it. Stay. Stay. I'm gonna try something a little bit different here. Taking off the glasses. Up, sit. Sit. Good puppy. Good girl, okay. And we'll see how that comes out. Ooh, I could use that picture. Sorry, I just put the glasses back on and had a rather nice picture of my block. Anyway. So yeah, 39 minutes now. Hopefully going to be getting a new couch, a new sofa in the next few days. Because this one jumped up there and peed. And although it was a nice cheap sofa five years ago, you can't take the uh, cushions off of it. And you can't... dog has decided to get its revenge on me by way of poo. You don't like me peeing on the couch? How do you like this? She's thinking it. 
Oh, she may not be saying it in some kind of morphed air bud kind of way, but she's thinking it. Ugh, I hate these bags. I don't know why, after 50 years of jokes about how things are the most thick of the perforations, nobody has solved that problem. Where things are the hardest to open at the perforations. Alright. And off we go. Again. So yeah, we got a new sofa coming in. And even though it's not here yet, that means we are throwing the old one out. Which is somewhat funny, because now I've got this massive hole in the living room with a couple of cushions. And I keep thinking, man, if they don't deliver the sofa, it's going to be really funny because we'll be just sitting there on the floor for weeks. Anyway, coming up to the front door now. We seem to have made it without any problems on the recording, so yay! And we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I get to talk to you tomorrow.